What would it be like to be so poor you actually grew up living in a cave? Can God reach such a person? Get ready to hear a great story in just a moment about Pastor Leo from the Philippines and how God can reach anyone no matter where they are and God can absolutely change anyone's life. Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. So much of what we hear today from our secular media is often only bad news. It can be depressing. The secular media only tells us what people are doing around the world and people aren't doing so well. We do these episodes to tell you what God is doing around the world and God is doing great things, exciting things, amazing things. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planning pastors who are powerfully reaching their own countries for Christ in many of the least reached areas in our world. Thank you for your prayers and support. Hundreds of you are supporting hundreds of indigenous church planning pastors at that $50 per month, which sends them into full-time gospel ministry. You're encouraging them to reach their own country for Christ and fulfillment of the Great Commission. It's a beautiful partnership. Right now, we continue our conversation with Pastor Leo, our church planning movement leader from the Philippines. And one of my favorite questions to ask anyone, and especially our indigenous church planning pastors, is how did you come to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Well, get ready to be encouraged because that is the topic of today's episode. It is great to be back with Pastor Leo from the Philippines. And Pastor Leo, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing well. Uh, good uh, morning here. <laughs> uh, Pastor. That's right. Pastor Marks, thank you for coming. Uh, you know, uh, letting me join you again this this day. Uh, I'm doing yeah, well. Doing absolutely. well. Yes. Yeah. 5 p.m. here, 8 a.m. Uh, with you. Yeah. But uh, it's great. Technology. Excited that we can share. You know, this time. So right. today we get a dive into your story, your testimony of just mm-hmm. how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I love uh, these uh, episodes. And you know, there's a scripture that I came across a while ago in Psalm 107 verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And so you're like going to fulfill Psalm 107 verse 2 today, Leo. And so the Lord bless you. And just I pray that God will just bless those, all of us who are listening today as well. So Let's start yeah. kind of from the beginning. Just yeah. tell us a little bit about how you grew up, you know, your family, where that was, and just right. kind of take it from there. Right. Well, uh, let me begin with uh, where I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up here. In, I was born and raised here in Philippines, but particularly in uh, the northern part of Manila called uh, Baguio City. It's a mountain area. And I come from a family where... Uh, so we are seven in the in the family, seven children. So, and I'm the last of uh, the the little tribe we have. Uh, but the uh, family we had, uh, dad was a hardworking uh, father. Uh, we we live in the mines. Uh, Baguio is a mountain area where maybe uh, three or four mining companies are there. And uh, we, we were a poor family, uh, basically. And, and dad uh, and mom met there in the, in the mine. And uh, that's where 
we were born and, and grew up. Uh, but growing up, uh, you know, life in the mind is, is, is beautiful in the sense that we, we are in front of mountains every day. <laughs> Mm. We, I love mm. mountains. I love the wind when it's uh, blowing on the, on the trees and we have pine trees all over. Not in Manila, by the way. Uh, so I miss that. But uh, when growing up, family was a bit of a, uh, it was good to be around family, but there were some things that were different about family. Uh, because of our uh, uh you know, we were poor as a family. Our my my living in the mines is uh, not an easy thing. We were growing up and being put in a as a family. Uh, we call them bunk houses. Uh, bunk houses are really tiny rooms, and we're kind of cramped inside that room. As a matter of fact, uh, it came to a point that I actually didn't see half of my siblings growing up. Uh, particularly because we don't fit in that small room. And my mom would take them to the province to, to live. So my father uh, took care of us. Mom was away. And yet father was mm. always uh, out of the house because he had to work. And, and so it's a bit of uh, uh, the good, the good that we have family, but the, the difficult one was being raised where uh, family, there's there's a lot of disconnection going on. And, hmm. and so uh, that was where I think that sort of formed the, the way our family was. Uh, we, we were... Uh, we were a bigger family considerably, having seven. Uh, by the way, that was that time a normal number <laughs> for Filipinos mm. to have uh, six or seven children. And mm-hmm. but then, you know, having six children coming together over a meal or seven children, uh, we don't have those memories where we really, at least for me, uh, growing up, uh, you know, we we were not a talking family <laughs> growing up very quiet. Uh, hmm. I was more held back and, and the same thing with my siblings. So we kind of, we were physically together, but emotionally and, you know, relationally not really connected. So I where, think- Where were you at in the order of the siblings? I was the youngest of the family. Oh, the youngest. Yes. Okay. And uh, so that was kind of the- sense of uh, uh, also the disconnection of not seeing my my siblings who were older than me. I had a brother. So but, were, your, yeah. were your siblings also working in the mines or was it just your dad? You know, I'm just trying uh, to get a picture. Only like, my how did dad. School- only my dad. Only your dad. Uh, what about school and just that sort of thing? Was that happening with your brothers and sisters? And Right, right. Uh, they, they, well, two, no, three brothers, uh, two sisters and one brother. Uh, started school there in the mines and a big part of that too when they were in high school they started to I didn't see them and then I began to realize oh because we could no longer fit in the house and really really small uh, past mark the room is uh, like uh, fit for uh, 
two people <laughs> and trying to wow. fit in seven people. Can't do that. Man. So I'm and, just imagining right. it. Yeah. And, and so now, was, well, I mean, was there a kind of, was there kind of a, uh, is this a Catholic, you know, basis, you know, is that the mindset of your, your parents? Yes. Uh, largely uh, in the Philippines as well as in the mines in, in Baguio, uh, largely the big religion is Catholic. And so there was a religious view, uh, you know, life that we have. Uh, I see what my mom and dad would be praying. Uh, in fact, they would they would hold my head like uh, and kind of make the sign of the cross, and that's a a, a good memory for me. There was like a sense of there's a God they're praying to. So my my consciousness of God was born out of that. Uh, and, and so my view was sort of uh, uh, started there, but the disconnect in many ways was just how we lived. Uh, hmm. Didn't find a lot of connection. And so this, we really are a very quiet family, meaning we don't share what's going on. And hmm. dad would not be around and mom would be taking care of my other siblings and uh, taking care of our food. And so uh, that was more like how it was growing up. And, and mm. so the sense of, uh, I think the, the sense of looking for something was always at mm. the beginning for me. Uh, the something mm. is more like a connection. I, I didn't know exactly what it was. but uh, uh, So were you guys at all going to church? Was that part of your upbringing or is it just like, you know, the form of the cross, you know, was the, Tell, go into a little bit more about just your spiritual, as you began to develop and began to grow, I'm assuming that you're going to school, but just, you know, as you're getting into, you know, the you know, teenage years, right. that sort of thing, right. just what, how are you developing spiritually? Uh, growing up, uh, we would be joining our parents. We would be walking to the church. Uh, but the thing is, uh, <laughs> we got used to this. Uh, we join, we sit on the pew of the Catholic, but more often we, when we were growing up, we would just stay outside of the, the you know, we'd stand up outside of church and just kind of listen in, but not really listening, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, it became normal for us to be that. We're there uh, every afternoon or late after, late morning. We, masses normally would happen those times and on a Saturday late afternoon or a Sunday uh, late morning and uh, we would just sit but again no conversation happens uh, uh, I mean after that or even before so hmm. that's the uh, my view of uh, our, our practice then was just uh, ritual a ritualistic mm -hmm. uh, just a non-relational uh, I, I saw the Lord or God at the time as someone I could call to, but it seemed very far. And that created, I think, the empty part of me that felt like, I don't know what this really means. And, uh, but just obey, just follow what's, what the older people are doing, which is sit down. And uh, we, we recite prayers too. And, and that was okay. But then again, the, the sense of, uh, yeah, we, we could not connect. I could not connect. 
uh, a lot of mm. things going on. So uh, that created a lot of question. But the big part, probably, Pastor Mark, I'd like to share growing up is in our culture, when I say mountain area, uh, this had a big part mm -hmm. of uh, my Christian uh, uh, journey. Um, living in the mountain created a sense of a cultural identification. And it's like we are, uh, for lack of a term, it's like a lower level of, of uh, people in the in a society. So when you say mountain, we'd go to the city and I felt like as a boy, I began to, to take that in. Uh, I, ca I call it mm. shame. You know? There's like a cultural mm. shame to it. Like if you say, mm. oh, you're from there. And so we'll go and I look up to people. I, I saw myself very small. And mm. uh, not uh, on top of that, my mother comes from a tribal group in the mountainside. Uh, well, it's like in the middle of the northern part of uh, the Philippines. Uh, and they have a particular name for their uh, tribe. And uh, that particular tribe uh, was even lower than lower. So it's like mm. it would, I carried uh, that. And so when I was in class, uh, when I was with child, other children beside me, when I would hear, they would laugh about the, the tribal name that they kind of play around with. Hmm. I would not tell them that my mother was from there <laughs> for a wow. very, very long time. So that, wow. that part, uh, uh, living in shame, like I must, I don't know. I just, you begin hmm. to, to take that in so deep. And so I carry that through high school. I carry that through college and I would not tell anyone how wow. uh, ashamed wow. I was. And, and so this, all these disconnections, like where do I belong? Where do I mm. go from, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm not really that close to my family or, or there's, mm. don't have, and also the sense where, uh, where yeah, uh, a sense of emptiness Did you right there. Did you, did you have aspirations in the midst of, you know, being poor and this disconnection and the youngest in the family and the shame, you know, as you're going through high school, just, you know, you know, in, in those years, what were your aspirations? What did you want to be? Did you have a kind of vision or, or you, did you just feel so beat down? You didn't even have that. You're just trying to survive or, or what kept you going kind of thing? Uh, well, uh, the aspirations I had uh, was basically more out of, because we were very poor. So just coming out of from there, but that, that was one. But the other one was really more uh, a sense of looking for really meaning, uh, a sense of, I mean, I, as a young boy, I didn't think like that. But uh, I think I began to be more aware, like, what's uh, life about? The, the one thing I took in, uh, when, when I went to college, uh, my aspirations were more geared toward uh, becoming a worker in the mine. That mm. was how far, uh, that was more like the vocation that I could think of. I took up geology in college and that was more like a, uh, I didn't even know what he was, but uh, I think my brother is a working in the mine and my br other brother is also doing the same. He took up mining 
engineer. And I, I said, maybe I should do something in the same way or something like that. And so that was where it was. But again, even though I had this in mind, uh, uh, Pastor Mark, the sense again of like something was missing really. And I'm not sure what it was, but always a sense of looking for something that kind of what fills mm. this in. And uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah. With that as a background, then, kind of what happened here? I mean, I know there was a process of your heart being awakened to the Lord, and uh, so what led up to kind of your salvation? Right. Um, well, during those times of growing up, uh, there were quite a few events that were marked in my life that I go back to many times over. You know, mm. uh, with a sense of me looking for connection and all that. Uh, and, and, you know, like, yeah, I, I knew I was part of my family. Uh, uh, something's happened with me. And one, uh, at least three events or four events that I, I can always point back to. Uh, they're not necessarily the, the, the thing that uh, caused it, but what it brought for me was was something. Now I'm talking about. Uh, I, I was involved in uh, uh, three or no two two car accidents. Uh, I mm. was in a car with someone, and really really bad. Just thought of, I thought I was gonna die, and then the uh, two, and then there was one where in high school I nearly. Uh, it was a, a near death, everything near death, a uh, near death experience mm. of drowning. And so, and then, even as I say this, Mark, during the time, mm. I never, never talked about about them with anyone. Not my, my mm. family. You know, it would be shameful to talk. <laughs> like, uh, we didn't know how to talk about them. And again, mm. fear gripped me. Like, you know, so, so fearful of where, what will this be for me? And mm. so afraid. So I, I was, uh, for lack of a term, just, this was just so traumatic for me. And I didn't how know did what to do. How did you almost drown? Could you share that a little, Leo? I'm sure listeners, how did you almost drown? We were, uh, high school just, is like we, from, uh, we, live, we, we live in the mountains, but in high school, mm-hmm our teacher said, let's all go to the beach. And, you know, like, I don't know how to swim, but mm. here I am full of, you know, we, we don't, in, in our culture also, we don't want to show, we don't say, I don't know how to swim. You don't say, <laughs> it's like you're, you keep everything mm-hmm. inside. And so, uh, cut the long story short, we, we went to the beach and this is my first time to see the beach. And, oh my goodness, I kept running and, uh, just when I stepped in, I, I, I couldn't feel the, the floor. And I was, I was really drinking salt water mm. over and over. And I thought this was it. And I struggled. But uh, eventually got over. I mean, I stepped on the a, on a, on a ground. I mean, a, a shallower part made it. But I drank so much. And I, I was just, mm. that's all I remember that day. I could not remember wow. how, what else, what fun we had uh, just uh, it just marked me and never talked about it with a single soul for many years wow. many many years. wow 
Uh, didn't bring that to my mom, my dad. No, no, we don't talk about that. Didn't bring it to a friend. So uh, mm-hmm. that kind. And then uh, again, the, the- Leah, when you when you were growing up, did you have friends? You know, just uh, to that you could confide in, or was that also missing? From yeah. Your life? Yes. Well, that was the missing part to Pastor Mark. Mm-hmm. The sense of being alone. So mm-hmm. this kind of fear, alone, ashamed kind of wow. went around me for a very long time. Feeling very low, I, I, I have no meaning. Uh, having like a weight of uh, boulders of, of, of meaninglessness and then held by, or, or, or yeah, enveloped by shame. And, and uh, wow. so that was how you, it was. So you, not many friends, you mentioned, really. you mentioned You mentioned four events too. I gotta get because I'm one of those guys. Okay, you mentioned two: the car accidents, the drowning. What was the fourth event uh, that you kind of? Well, the the other one was the uh, what do you call this? No, actually, the car accidents. There were uh, two of them. Uh, no, the drowning uh, was in high school, and then the okay. the the car accidents were. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think high school too. But there was one thing that happened in, in our family, um, a very painful one. Uh, dad mm. uh, uh, was involved in a, a, uh, an affair and mm. very painful for mom. But things were not done well. Uh, I had a brother who was very, very angry. And, uh, they had a fist fight. <laughs> he was already mm. grown up and he tried to fight that. This is my mm. eldest brother. I was a young, young one. And then anyway, yeah. the, 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 the difficult part, Pastor Mark, was uh, he took out a knife that day, my, my brother. I think he was mm-hmm. way too angry. Uh, I saw them and he, he actually hit my dad. But then he, then I tried to, you know, what, this little Leo trying to Hey, where are you? you know, caught in, and yeah, I I actually stood in front of him, but then he wow pointed the knife. Say, I'm gonna, and I that was the first time I said, Wow, I don't know what to do with this, I can die today, and uh, that was just a very, very painful part of our family. Uh, got over it, but. It was a very painful, traumatic time for me. Again, wow. death was like always coming to the door. And hmm. I, I just was like broken, very, very broken. And uh, a lot more uh, more events happened that time as well. I mean, hmm. addition, but not, not yeah. so yeah. big as that. that but it, it just created wow. this sense of that, that my there was something i was looking for and uh wow. my being gripped with fear and, and and shame just just i needed to i needed someone to to get me out of it and wow yes so what did the lord do well in in my freshman year in college uh there was a man who showed up in my campus uh he was carrying with you know, he, he sat, well, he would, he's going around and he asked me if he could share uh, a little booklet with me. And it was the gospel he was carrying. 
And, you know, I, me being the shy person who could not say no and could not say, <laughs> I, I said, sure. Uh, but I, I, I just listened. And, but as he shared about God's love, well, he shared about God's plan and, and love and yet me being separated from him. Uh, this sense of like, oh my goodness, he, he was speaking to uh, my, my fear, my shame, my, my sense of being lo- so lost, not knowing where to go with this. I, mm. I just, uh, I was quiet. I was still uh, out of my shyness. I, I said nothing. <laughs> but wow. uh, I, I was so disturbed by it. And I said to him, you know, I'll I'll think about it. He gave me, he shared with me the love of Jesus. And in fact, at the end, he invited me to pray that simple prayer of asking Jesus in my life. And at that instance, I I didn't know. It was like I was too overwhelmed. I didn't know. Maybe I was even more in fear, like, who's this guy coming? And Mm. so I went home. Uh, and actually had a, a day or two that I just was so soaking in the words that he said. And then that's when I began to say, Lord, I, let, I want that prayer. And I prayed to accept Jesus in my life as my Lord and Savior. Wow. And, All by yourself? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, because uh, I was in a dorm, dormitory, and... Mm. I knew I was just so broken with fear. I was so afraid, really, really, really afraid. And the the word that he we sh- he shared, of course, the the, the words of Jesus of uh, him giving eternal life. Uh, I mean, death was a big part of a theme in my life. Wow! And the theme of life that Jesus was giving. Uh, also, wow. uh, the the, the, cool. the the forgiveness Jesus was given for the the fears that I was just was just all over me, and wow. and the things that I cared with me. So that wow. was uh, where Jesus began to speak into my life, uh, bring wow. breathe His life into me, and wow. that was how it all began. That journey so and you're and you're 19 years old at this point uh, is yes, that correct, yes Leo? yes uh 19 wow man 19 yes wow that praise the lord man what a what an amazing you know experience and moment so you know just uh what what happened initially in your life you know how was your did you experience you know the lord he comes in you breathes his life on you gives you eternal life a gift what what were the the changes that you noticed uh, right away? Well, right away, uh, one of the things that I just noticed was uh, I actually wanted to see him again, <laughs> and uh, huh. well, he's gone. The guy who came and shared me, and uh, he was leading a, a group, and I wanted to immediately join the group, so. Uh, yeah, began to join the, there was a Bible study group that he was leading in the campus and I joined it. What about on the inside? You know, those kind of things. What, because I know we're going to get into your next section about all that God did to prepare you for ministry. Yes, yes. But in the, you know, in those early moments, 
what what other things happen on the inside? It sounds like God just gave you peace. Did, right, did you right, experience right. this peace, you know, and those sort of things? The the big part, the biggest part, uh, Pastor Mark, was just recognizing what eternal life meant for me. And that created just a sense of one well was I knew God, I could reach out to him. I knew that I began to f- sense that he, he was there. Uh, very different from our, my, my, my growing up, a sense of a God who's just too big, but distant. This was different, mm. more like a God. And so a sense of love, For, meaning mm. the sense of like God is, is right here. I could actually pray with him. And that was the first time I, I just really began to take that. As a growing up boy in a religious family, didn't have that sense of hmm. closeness. So, yes, uh, with that, of course, the out of fear turned more into a sense of peace. That, and the big one is uh, the eternal life I know I would have. Uh, one of the things he shared was my life will be moving to eternal uh you know, being away from God for eternity, but then being mm. with God for eternity. And that just really was wow. very, very confident. And uh, so it was like me. John 3.16, was that a, a huge verse? Was there a scripture that really at that point meant a lot oh, to yes. you? Uh, well, the John 14.6, uh, mm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That was the first time too. Mm. Uh, by the way, in our Catholic tradition, uh, we, we, we pray, but we don't read the scripture. And so in nine, mm. age 19, it was my first time to actually open a Bible. And so wow. th- those were the things that uh, begin, uh, opened my eyes. Oh, yes. Uh, the, Jesus, after all, was the person I was looking for. Uh, the mm. life and uh, the peace and the assurance of the salvation I was looking for. The fear that really just gripped me is where Jesus came and uh, he, he, he spoke to that uh, uh, powerfully in my life. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So Praise that, the Lord. Yes, yes. Praise the what Lord. What oh, a yes. great story. You know, seriously, I know that's encouraged everyone who's listening right now. And I just want to thank you, Leo, for that. And uh, what a blessing, you know. I bring us back to 100, Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. You've done that. Yeah. And it's blessed us and encouraged us. So, so thank you, Leo. God bless well, thank you. Thank you too, and, Pastor Mark. Uh, praise the Lord. And just thank you again for just glad to be able us. to share this story. Amen. Yes, Have a great yes. day, Leo. Uh, you too, Pastor Mark. Thank you again. Thank you, Pastor Leo, for sharing with us the story of your salvation. It's amazing how God uses all the circumstances we face in life, whether it's growing up poor in a cave or even encountering these crisis moments Leo talked about of nearly drowning or facing a car accident or even that family fight. God uses all these things to draw us unto himself, to reveal his love for us and the life he offers us, and to lead us to experience the greatest miracle possible, which is our own salvation. Here's your action step of the day. Pray especially for the young people in the Philippines. 
There are millions of Leos, so to speak, living in the poor areas, the slum areas of Metro Manila, where our church planting pastors are serving right now. These young people, they're living in circumstances that are beyond our comprehension. So many, they live in fear, in poverty, without parents, without hope. So many are lonely. They're often afraid to die. Pray that God's love and the message of the gospel and hope will reach them regardless of their circumstances. Prayer is powerful. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Pray that God will change lives in the Philippines, that many will experience the love of God, the peace of God, the purpose of God that Leo experienced and that you and I have experienced because of knowing Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Thanks for being with us today. I pray you've been encouraged. I pray you've been blessed. Join us next time as Pastor Leo from the Philippines shares with us the story of his call into ministry. How does God move Leo from being a successful geologist to becoming a pastor serving among the poor in the Philippines? How does God work with Leo in the midst of his severe anxiety and even panic attacks to lead him to reach out to millions of poor living in the slum areas of Metro Manila. I can't wait for you to hear that story. Until then, may the Lord bless you.